Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Happy Valentine's Day from Wesson Walker. You know we love you. Here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, we love all of our listeners. We appreciate you joining us in the midday, as you do every day from 12 to 3 p.m., and share your thoughts and comments, 704-570-9610. That's the FanDuel text line, 704-570-9610. It's the day I get really happy about, not because... I'm just a sucker for love or anything like that. Although mm-hmm. maybe sometimes I am every now and then it's the Valentine's day playlist. And as much as I love music, as much as I'm really a hip hop head, Wes, I have plenty of love for R and B as well. And the Valentine's playlist was rolling last year in a heavy, heavy way. We got you some new songs again, and I'm ready to play the slow jams for you. That's what's up, man. It's a great day. You know, spread love, whether you're with someone or not. You can love yourself, you know, just as much. And so, no, you know. Fitting, I knew fitting. You stop it over there. I was about to give you a warning. Press yeah. the dump button. Wes, just put it yeah, on man, a so I'm sure they're going to enjoy the, uh, the the hits that we've got for them today. I'm ready for it. I'm excited. It's a day I, I don't know about unnecessarily, but it's the day, you know, with the playlist, the cookout playlist on 4th of July, like we do not need any kind of reason, although we will take it when we get one, to roll with a nice playlist for the day. I feel like, and Wes, maybe you agree with this, every time we come back and you're setting up a segment, we need we, we need your DJ, love, we need your sexy voice. It's Happy Valentine's Day here on Wes and Walker Sports <laughs> Radio 92.7. Walker definitely got that on smash. I can do all right, but Walker's definitely the guy that's going to be the quiet storm. I'm sounding like, sound like Barry. I put the white in Barry White. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Bring you those sultry tones. Talking about Wes and Walker today. Who do you love <laughs> on Valentine's Day? We're going to have plenty. Plus, we got the cheat codes. Remember, we uh, we had a good Valentine's Day show last year. We did. I loved that show. Everybody was, please text us today. I love the I love the listener engagement on Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, text us it, what you got, what you what you bought, what did you receive. We want the music. We want it all. 704-570-9610. Here's what I really want. There's a couple of questions I want to send to the text line, and then we can talk about this as well, okay? One, what song would you contribute to a Valentine's Day playlist? Love making music? Just a good old love song? Whatever song you want to contribute, I want to know what song you're contributing. And also, here's what people need, too. People need advice on Valentine's Day. And we're here to help the people. We're for the people. We are. And I want to give you all some advice, maybe from me, on what not to do and what to do. I want other people that might be very good at this thing, very good at this day, to also send us some advice for us to share with your fellow charlatans. So give us some advice and give us some music to play on this Valentine's Day, 704-570-9610. What should the war crowd be like today since it's Valentine's Day? Should it be a little more sultry? I don't even know if we can make that, uh, <laughs> you know, sexy that of the war crowd. Uh, I actually, mm. I damn sure want to try. Yeah. I would love to try a sexy We're war gonna cry. Harmonize. We're going to harmonize instead of war <laughs> We're cry. Gonna, we're going to be boys to men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> war cry. <laughs> Love is in the air today. Yeah, um, man. Panther Bo said I'm way too good at that voice. I don't know about the singing, yeah. but maybe the voice I'm good at. I bet Kyle would be very good at this, too. 
I'm, look, I don't know if Kyle's listening. I would love to put him to task, though. I really would. I'm sorry for creating more work for you. It, you get to choose this or not. I don't know. But I would like to hear the sexy Kyle Bailey voice as well with him at midnight doing the sexy time radio voice. I would love to hear we what get Kyle busy Bailey. And we yeah. stay busy. Yeah, do you have a, needs to do it. Do you have a harmony, uh, you know, voice fitting? Can you harmonize with the boys? No. <laughs> <laughs> he was awfully quiet during that whole thing. Yeah, yeah Fiddy was just laughing. Me and Wes were going back and forth, and Fiddy was just sitting there twiddling his thumbs. When is this going to be over? Because I'm ready to get off of the bus. Yeah, well, man, I love war cry. I mean, you were wanting to do like a sexy war cry. I mean, there's, there's, I, I can't harmonize, but I can, I can make some other noises. Oh. Is that two jokes in the first five minutes of the show like that? Is that two of them? What was the first one? When you're shouting, uh, oh, yeah, I like that. (laughs) Fiddy is destined for a serious exam. This is Fiddy in the background. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Love yourself. Yeah. That's funny. Uh Off mic, Fiddy. You can't trust him, man. You can't trust him. And then you turn the mic on, and then at least we bring it back to some level of FCC not being on our behind like that. But, you know, Fiddy off mic is pretty pretty scary. All right, let's do the sexy war cry. All right. Then let's pull up to the seat and let's get off. I don't know what this is going to sound like. I can't wait. Fiddy, I want a, I want a sexy attempt sexy from you. Sexy war cry. Let's get it. So this is different for everybody. At the intersection in your cubicle, yeah, this might be a little bit different than what you're used to for war cry Wednesday. I apologize to Ms. McClurkin's class if this is a little different for you. Yeah. But it's Valentine's Day, and so we're going to bring the love in the air. That's All what right. we're going to try to do. War cry Wednesday at the count of three. Everybody contribute as best you can. One, two, three. man especially on today i know everybody's gonna be talking about how valentine's day is a made-up holiday like i get it uh for sure it's made up like definitely we're trying to capitalize on capitalism here i totally understand all of that but i'm still with it because i want to talk about the music and some of the advice that y'all might have we got a lot of songs mentioned here wes i don't know if you see any of your favorites on the text line but we have a couple written in salesman said let's get it on by marvin gay it's a classic it's what you have to lead off with you have brian having a couple of mentions in here please tell me you got sweet love by anita baker on the playlist or i like yeah, it that's, by DeBarge. That's, that's one of my joints we got teddy pendergrass m dog says janet jackson would you mind casey from Cherville. hank williams i'm so lonely i could cry Ooh, that's, that's a good one well that's a yeah that's a tough one though i'm so lonely i could cry like mm, i yeah. won't be crying <laughs> <laughs> our gas house earl was asking us to howl like coyotes for the war cry you know we can do that maybe one day that sounds like a lot of fun we're scrolling we're scrolling we got a lot of blue chew kyle bailey jokes on the text line those are always lots welcome. of sex lots of babies kw hancock is telling us to go with the thong song today that's a different type of hey, my man said a 704 number kissing game by high five i ain't heard that since i was like eight or nine and this is why we bring it to the people because they're bringing in there's so many of these right like there are so many that you haven't heard 
What's Seth from? The 980 number says Seth from Charlotte. I guess that's got to be Seth Curry, right? Seth Curry. What up, Seth? Fire and desire guy. <laughs> Didn't know, but now we know. What were you saying? And I appreciate that. I forget what I was saying. Uh, I'm going to keep scrolling and read some of these other text messages. We've got OJ's mentions in here, and then we can just hear some of the other ones that will we'll actually play for you as we go on. The last thing, though, like, what's the advice for people here? My piece of advice that I shared last year, and I stand by, and I will be doing it again today, just so you know, I'm not promoting the product, promoting the practice, and then not following it. I will be doing the same thing this year. Hope nobody is listening that might be a recipient of one of the gifts that I'm (laughs) going to be talking about getting. But if y'all need some flowers, and it's crazy out there at wherever you shop for flowers last minute, because I know a lot of people do the last minute thing, okay? Anytime I go to the grocery store the last couple of years, I just so happen to find myself at the grocery store on Valentine's Day. It's crazy. It is packed. And everybody is trying to get the flowers at the Harris Teeter. And there's not many flowers or bouquets or what, not even bouquets, but the vases, whatever to choose from. Go to Lowe's, man. Go to Lowe's. That's a nice tip right there. Uh, because they've got some beautiful flowers. Now, and it's not packed whatsoever. And it's worked for me the last couple of years. Go to Lowe's Home Improvement and you will get your girl a very nice Valentine's Day gift. Did you discover this by like by panic? Were you like, oh man, I, I can't find any flowers anywhere. And then you just so happen to stumble across them in the Lowe's. And that's how you know that? Or you knew you were like, oh, okay, if I can't get anything here, I'm just going to go to uh, Lowe's. I, I wouldn't say that I was in a panic. I would just tell you that I was operating with a sense of urgency. Okay. And I just so happened to be close to Lowe's. And I was like, you know what? They have flowers. I can just roll by there and see what's up. And they had plenty to choose from. I bet. Plenty to choose from. And nobody was there. I was the only one shopping there. And in my other experiences, shopping for flowers at other places, packed. Just packed. And it was not like that. So that's my piece of advice. Tell us what advice you might need or some advice that you would be willing to give to the rest of the city. Do you have anything, Mr. West Bryant? I feel like you have a couple tricks up your sleeve that I would love to know about. <laughs> I don't know how much you'd be willing to share, but I'd love no, to know No, you know, I, I can uh, tell you anything you know what I'm saying, that you want to know, basically. But I just try to make sure that you listen to people, you know, all throughout the year, your significant other, so that you know kind of what they like and what they're into. And then you kind of incorporate that. I know that there's Christmas and other holidays to do it. And then I try to get out in front of it a little early. Like, I had uh, my girlfriend stuff like... That's uh, the best advice. A week and a half, two weeks ago, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And, and, you know, and then my mom celebrates her anniversary of uh, being a suicide survivor on this day as well. So I get her something, too. So I try to just make sure I'm on top of things. But if not, man, I just take the age-old method, go out to Concord Mills, take a lap around the mall, see yeah. what I can see. Then when I get that light bulb where it just really comes in, where I'm like, boom, that's it. That's what I want to get. I'll do that. If I can't find anything in there, man, you got Groupon. You got a lot of different resources. Take care of mom is some great advice, to be honest with That's, you. Yeah. Do it early and take care of mom. Do you I think do, both of those. So do you do that? Because I always think of it as a romantic boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife type of holiday. I never, like my mom, she'll get me stuff for Valentine's Day. She always My had. mom would get me stuff for Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, and I'd be like, mom, I was like, uh, you know. As a kid, I just wanted the present, so yeah, I was good. Or the candy. It, Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> You're right about that. Scott and Belmont has some similar advice to you. Go the day before, get nice flowers at Harris Teeter, and surprise her a day early. We also have other people telling you to go to Harris Teeter. Durs from Huntersville says, hit the Teeter at 6.15 this morning. Had my choice at all the flowers and chocolates before they were gone. Hey, if you're going to go there, then make sure you go there early. We got people asking me, Walker, 
We talking about Lowe's Home Improvement or Lowe's Foods? No, Home Improvement, not Lowe's Foods. I'm talking about Lowe's Home Improvement because they got the garden section, and then they make sure they take care of people on Valentine's Day as well. So make sure you do that. 843 Advice, Trader Joe's for flowers, best prices. Nah, man, though, like Trader Joe's, one of the scarier places to shop. I can't find any space to operate. Everybody is rubbing shoulders with me like it's a club at Trader's Joe, Trader Joe's, especially on a Sunday. I know it's a Wednesday. It's still going to be packed. That might be true for the price. If you need something for the low, then go to Trader Joe's. But for me, I can't deal with all the people. Oh, yeah. And also, too, man, support local, man. You know, it's a little spot in Concord, the Village Blossom uh, Floors and Gift Shop that I love over there in Afton Ridge, man. That, that mm-hmm. uh, Great women that work over there. They're very helpful. And they have a lot of good products from... Uh, beauty products, bath products, the flowers and things of that nature. So don't forget about that too, man. I know everybody likes the 1-800-Flowers and to do all that stuff, but hit up some of your local businesses too, local florists and gift shops. This is what I love. People are helping people today. 704, Costco, best prices for flowers. 704, the farmer's market on Tyvola has great flowers for the cheap. We appreciate you writing in. 704, also talking about Harris Teeter, saying just stopped by Harris Teeter. It was packed but still had a solid selection. So at least here at noon, you're going to get a solid selection. But make sure you get there and you get there quickly. We're giving out advice for Valentine's Day. We're we're feeling the love. We're sharing the love. A news ass walker, walker. were you talking about Lowe's Home Improvement or Lowe's Foods? Because there is a difference. I know you're talking about Home Improvement, but I guess you need to differentiate for the people out there. I read that text and did share that, though. I don't oh, know if you, you were did? listening. Mm-hmm. My bad. It's okay, man. You're all good. It's okay. You were I'm too busy to listening to the advice. It's okay. That, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> it's Weston Walker off and rolling. We got a big loss to talk about, though, despite trying to feel the love mm. of North Carolina, suffering the loss last night to Syracuse. We also have some Charlotte Hornets conversation to get to. It is a love-filled Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I know what you might be thinking if you know anything about Aaliyah. This isn't necessarily a love song. This is a one-night rendezvous song. But I know we got some people out there listening that might be a part of that world, too. And so we're going to take care of y'all as well. That's right. Love can come in many different forms, many different (laughs) ways. So this song can fit your situation, whatever it may be. I just wanted to address that before I got people in the text line. Yo, Walker, I don't know how much of a love song this is. Like, it is a little bit, but I think you're missing the mark. No, man, we're just making sure we cover all of our bases. And Aaliyah is going to help us do that here on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I was asking you for some more songs to put on today's playlist. Coach Polly says, anything genuine, we got genuine on the playlist today. Chris from Concord, any Al Green? We got multiple Al Green songs for you today because that went to the same direction that Chris from Concord did. Big Cat Dan says, my daughters used to love when I sent them flowers on Valentine's Day. Set the example. Any parents out there? Yeah, there's some advice from other parents just in case it just slipped your mind or you're worried about other things. There's no judgment. But that is some that is a nice piece of advice from Big Cat Dan writing in also. And then we have 704 writing in Baby Be Mine. The Girl is Mine by Michael Jackson. You can put that in there and then anything. I'll be sure. Last one. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Sardine water. Who, buddy? This one's a tough one, Mm. dude. Little secret. Graveyards have dope flowers. Oh, sardine, uh, sardine water. That is terrible. 
I'm sorry I even read that. You can continue to text 704-570-9610. So how do I I want to stick with the rundown here, but also like North Carolina lost last night, and that's a big story. And so even with it not being planned, maybe we just talk about this on the show. I know Fiddy loves when we talk about the show on the show, and we haven't done that in a long time. Should we talk a little bit about North Carolina or save it all for Campus Corner at 1 o'clock? What do you uh, want to do, Wes? Uh, oh, man, Painting me in a corner. You want to um, do? Let's do. Uh, am I painting you in a campus corner? You just you wanna, okay. Let's do it. That. Let's just do that. That's okay. when we can do it. Yeah. Because I know Fiddy. I want to hear his thoughts on it. I want to hear about if we should be worried. If we're turning up the panic meter, yeah, how much I, we're turning the panic meter up, and so we can get to that in a moment. And I want to see him on the DraftKings text line. Uh, you know, keep uh, oiling them up. So then, once Campus Corner comes on, he'll be good and lathered and ready to go by the end. Enough <laughs> opinions will have come in. To That's right. Take him to a boiling point. That's right. So we can get to that in just a moment. We'll talk about Carolina's loss and how much we should be worried. We also have to go to a different storyline that broke on behalf of the Charlotte Hornets yesterday. They didn't break it, but it was about the Charlotte Hornets and. It also has to do with Miles Bridges. I'll just read what Adrian Wojnarowski wrote on ESPN for ask uh, for accuracy. Tim Bontemps also contributed to this article, and so did Baxter Holmes. The Mecklenburg County Superior Court dismissed three criminal counts against Charlotte Hornets forward Miles Bridges on Tuesday due to insufficient evidence to warrant prosecution. The court filing states that due to conflicting statements stemming from an October incident that resulted in damage to a vehicle, quote, given the lack of sufficient evidence to overcome the inconsistency of these accounts, the state would not be successful at trial. And so if you'll remember, as it was mentioned a little bit in those two statements, there was an alleged incident that took place that accused Miles Bridges of throwing a pool ball at the car that was also carrying his children at the time. At that initial allegation that we had in October, it was right before the season started. And we remember talking about this, Wes. Reporting on this was spotty, to say the least, at the very beginning. Once people got a hold of this story and wanted to go to the presses first, there were some inaccuracies based on what we even heard after people started to understand what was going on, right? Like, we didn't even know where the location was. And so it doesn't do anybody any favors. Not the victim in the alleged incident, not the accused. It doesn't do anybody any favors when we're talking about how messy it was reported at the beginning of all of this. And so once more information started to come out, it doesn't mean that anybody is it doesn't mean one person was telling the truth specifically. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't believe anybody and believe this person or that person. It just means that at the beginning of all of this, the reporting was not exactly spot on. And then we gathered more information and it was always going to be hard to prove anything in court. And now that we have conflicting stories based off of what happened that night, then this wasn't going to hold up. I'm not surprised at all about this. In fact, I thought this is probably the direction that we were heading. And so Miles Bridges doesn't have to worry about that anymore. This is in this is not in relation, by the way, to when he was arrested for a felony domestic violence incident in July of 2022. Okay, so the the connection there is that the alleged incident was a protection of the viol uh the excuse me a violation of the protection, the protection order. order yeah and so that's true okay that that was what he was being accused of but the criminal counts that were dismissed that doesn't have anything to do with July of 2022 he still pled no contest he pled no contest to felony domestic violence 
He is currently still serving three years of probation after pleading no contest in exchange for no jail time, excuse me, in the June 2022 domestic violence case involving the mother of his two children who accused Bridges of assaulting her in front of the children. And now he must adhere to a 10-year criminal protection order for the woman that is in question. And Bridges most recently turned himself in for that October 13th incident after an arrest warrant was issued for the alleged protection order violation. And so I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, just whenever, however much you want to is fine as well. But this situation was always going to end like this, in my opinion. And here we are where Miles has those criminal counts dismissed, but he still does have his 10-year probation that he's serving, or excuse me, three years of probation that he's serving and a 10-year criminal protection order that he's still serving. So all of those things are still true, and the incidents are separate, which seems to be hard for people to understand on Twitter yesterday when this news came in. Yeah, it sounds like to me that, you know, there were things behind the scenes. I I mean, I'm a big believer that when there's smoke, there's fire. So definitely something happened, but we're never going to figure that out. And when you talk about conflicting reports and the witness saying it started was a woman and she didn't know who it was and different things like that, that just sounds like, uh, you know, perhaps some desperation moves were pulled behind the scenes to get this thing out of the way because we know it's at stake for miles as far as contracts and, and everything he came off of the no contest uh, plea on the case with the felony domestic violence. So, you know, this just sounds like to me that it's uh, kind of par for the course. Superstar athlete gets into trouble, something that could be uh, could become murky when, when you get into the thick of it, especially when, you know, different things get thrown around, whether it be money or whatever the case may be. So, again, like you said, this was not surprising at all that all of a sudden, you know, the witness didn't know what happened and conflicting reports. And I'm not sure what happened. So, uh, you know, we, we're not surprised by this at all. And, you know, he got out of it. It's, it's a sad situation all around yeah. because of, you know, what took place when he did have to serve the 30 game suspension. He missed an entire year because of him, you know, pleading no contest. And then he was suspended officially 30 games. It was this weird, complex suspension having it all like having him already have 20 games served and then he would miss the next 10 games of this season that already started the Charlotte Hornets held on to him I feel like if they were real worried about him serving more jail time for the violation of the protection order then even even in a cynical world where sports teams really don't care about this sort of thing enough right even in that world I would think after two times if the Hornets were real worried about that, they would have moved on. No doubt. I think. And they didn't. And Miles Bridges now, even after what was a terrible season through the trade deadline, and it's still not going to be good. But now they won two games. Steve Clifford is real happy. The players are playing well together on the court. And then at the trade deadline, we heard Miles Bridges and Rich Paul were going to veto any trade on the table. And they have that power because he was signed to a qualifying offer that allows him to veto any trade that he wants to in order to get him to unrestricted free agency this offseason. When he gets to unrestricted free agency, Wes, now it feels like the Hornets are going to try to re-sign him. That's what we're hearing from Woj who comes out on this and the other NBA teams that might have gone after Miles Bridges, and they still might, okay? They still might do that at $20 million a year. I really have no clue how much he's going to make, $25? I don't know. But now the Hornets have cap space to work with. You don't have Gordon Hayward. His contract was always coming off of the books. P.J. Washington's deal was always coming off of the books. 
you don't bring a ton of money in return. You have something similar with Grant Williams. Bertans is going to make non-guaranteed money. And then you have an early termination option until it goes to like the $15 million hit the next year. All that to say, they can make it work if they want to, to bring back Miles, who is LaMelo's one of his best friends, and is still a good talent on, on the court. And I think now that you have enough spacing with these new bench guys and when Miles is playing with those guys, you have enough spacing to where you're worried about shooters and it gives him driving lanes. And when he gets a full head of steam, that's when he is most dangerous driving to the basket. When you get downhill with that kind of size and that kind of athleticism, that's how he wins. And he's been winning more the last couple of games because of that. And so from a basketball standpoint, Wes, I can understand why the Charlotte Hornets might be interested in bringing him back, oh, yeah, no especially question. with Brandon Miller, rookie-scale contract, right, yeah. playing alongside a $200 million man that's his best Yeah, friend. I mean, when you talk about just strictly on the court, I mean, there's a no-brainer here when you're talking about a city like Charlotte that struggles to go out and be a part of the free agent sweepstakes that we see with a lot of the biggest players in the NBA. The Hornets aren't going to get in on that with those stars. So when they draft the guy that hits – that becomes an all-star caliber player, then yeah, they're going to make all efforts to try to re-sign them because they know how difficult it will be to get players of that ilk uh, just off your reputation because we've played sound bites. We've heard from people that Charlotte doesn't have the best reputation among NBA players uh, and, and front office personnel. And so that works against them too. And so that's why the new ownership group going out, being aggressive, trying to change the perception and the culture of this franchise is paramount. But, um, you know, a guy like Miles Bridges, strictly from an on-court perspective, yeah, you would not want to let a guy like that go. And so we'll see what happens this offseason with Miles Bridges because that's going to be one of the biggest questions. The other big question that we have right now is the fact that they're going to try to figure out if Mitch Kupchak um, – Excuse me, Mitch Kupchak is going to the advisory role, but they're going to have to try to figure out who the next GM is. And now that they're looking for another general manager, the search is beginning immediately. We'll see at what point they decide to hire the next general manager and president of basketball operations. But there are a few favorites, specifically two favorites to land this job. The Hornet search is expected to focus on several sitting general managers, which is interesting to me, including Philadelphia's Elton Brand, and New Orleans, Trajan Langdon. You also have Mike Ganzi. Shout out to West Virginia basketball. Maybe not so much for a Wake Forest fan in the studio, but shout out to Mike hmm. Ganzi. He's at Cleveland. Uh, he's at the head of Cleveland's front office. You also have LA Clippers, Trent Redden, Brooklyn's Jeff Peterson, Washington's Travis Schlink, Wes Wilcox, and Sacramento. Those are just a few names. But the top two are the guys with the Duke connection, Wes, that Jake Fisher hinted at when he joined us a couple of weeks ago. Elton Brand played at Duke, Trajan Langdon played at Duke, and both are sitting general managers. Daryl Morey is the guy calling the shots in Philadelphia. Elton Brand does not have the driver role, but Langdon does in New Orleans, or is at least up there and helping out what the Pelicans have done. I would tell you that I would much rather have Langdon than Elton Brand, and I think a lot of Hornets fans feel the same way because of some of the decisions that were made in Philadelphia before Daryl Morey comes over. He was a part of the 2019 offseason that Shelled out a lot of money to Tobias Harris. Shelled out a lot of money to Al Horford. It didn't work out. That team was not constructed correctly. And even deciding to let go of Jimmy Butler and then choosing guys like Ben Simmons when Ben Simmons didn't work out and Jimmy Butler drag, uh, drags Miami to a couple of NBA Finals appearances. Elton Brand, I wouldn't love it. Trajan Langdon, I'd be all for that. And the last thing here, Wes, 
if you go get one of these guys, like specifically Trajan, in my in, in my opinion, you're gonna have to pay a lot of money. Because why else would they leave a good situation to come be the GM of the Charlotte Hornets? It'd have to be monetarily. It'd have to be for monetary reasons, right? So that's a good sign. These guys, these owners, it seems like, are willing to spend a lot of money in order to help their basketball team. Well, not only that, too. They know how the optics of things look because it just fits. I mean, this is North Carolina. This is a basketball craze state. And I'm sure, you know, South Carolina, they share in, too, with the Hornets, just like they share the Panthers. And so to go get a guy from a historically uh, pedigreed program like Duke, the Connections, that's just something that will also have the fans say, oh, okay. They look at that. They know the connections. They know the nostalgia. Now, unless you're you know, a Carolina fan or a fan of another ACC school, you may not love it so much. But the optics of it fit good as well. And so when you look at Trajan Langdon, uh, you know, he's been a guy that they talked about how he reports to David Griffin, the, the VP of Basketball Operations. But the great job that he did uh, as an uh, as a GM in the G League, he was Brooklyn's uh, assistant GM. He was in charge of their G League affiliate. He won G League uh, Basketball Executor of the Year. And I'm a guy that I like honors. I'm not saying that they always translate into success, but uh, I like that titling that he has. The organization that he's come from, they've put that roster together well there with Zion and, and all of those guys. So uh, Langdon would be my front runner too. Elton Brand and those moves, obviously, they don't bode well for him, but still the optics of it still looks, you know, people will recognize that name, name recognition. But I think Langdon uh, should be the guy. If I was to predict today, I probably think he will be the guy, but I think it just fits for this new rebranding of the Charlotte Hornets uh, to have a player that comes from an ACC school that's doing well in the front office world of the NBA to lead the charge. Now, Keith Pompey, who covers the Philadelphia 76ers, did just have this tweet 26 minutes ago. Despite being listed as a leading candidate for the Charlotte Hornets head of basketball operations, Elton Brand does not intend to pursue the opportunity, according to a league source. The 76ers GM signed a long-term extension with the organization around the holidays. And is committed to Philadelphia. He's focused on getting the Sixers in the best position for a playoff run. So, don't know if that means anything. You can take that for what it is. It's just a tweet right now. But it's a source from a guy that's very well tied into that organization and has been tied in for a long time. The wording here is that Elton Brand is not pursuing it. But if the Hornets throw a bunch of money at him to be the shot caller again then that would be the reason why you leave a Philadelphia organization that is trying to contend right now to go be the shot caller here in Charlotte. It's because you have the power and you don't have to relinquish that to Daryl Morey anymore. Last thing, as we discuss the changes that need to happen, the moves that are being made by ownership with Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall putting their fingerprints all over this thing now as their majority owners, they're going to hire a new GM. That's real. What I don't know is real or not is if they're going to move on from Steve Clifford. This is something where we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? If you would have asked me a month ago, I would have told you, all right, Jake Fisher, probably tripping here. He says future around Steve Clifford is uncertain, but we're pretty sure that Mitch Kupchak, they're going to move on from him. Then you get this Miles Bridges-Steve Clifford relationship conversation from Adrian Wojnarowski and how close those guys are. We know Steve Clifford is close with LaMelo. We've talked about that quite a bit. Nick Smith Jr. just hopped on these airwaves and told us that Steve Clifford is the best coach that he's ever had, despite being coached hard. Brandon Miller, great relationship with Coach Cliff. 
Wes, what are the chances he comes back? I know you are actually telling us that you want him back, and I mm-hmm. get that. What are the chances they actually do bring him back, though? Because I think it's like 50-50 now. Uh, I think it's going to – I would agree with you, and I think it's going to come down to how they finish. Do they finish the season with momentum and however that looks? Could it be a five-game win streak at the end of the season, or could it be just an overall – a decent record coming down the stretch. I think it can look a lot of different ways. But like I said, we've seen many clips. We've played clips here of Coach Clifford coaching these guys hard. He's telling them everything that they need to do and should be doing. And I think you have to look at the roster and the guys he was dealing with to know that those messages weren't getting across because they weren't welcomed, plain and simple. And I think that they've gotten a lot of that uh, bad energy out of the locker room, and I think they've got guys in there that are professionals that I said at a minimum are at least going to try and carry out the orders of Coach Clifford, even if they can't necessarily always execute them. They're going to try their best, and that's all you can ask for. But like I said, we've seen numerous clips of Coach Clifford barking on these guys to the highest of his ability to get them to do what he wants. He's tried calling them out in the media. He's tried everything that he can do to get this squad to respond to him. And so now I think when he's got some guys that really take this thing serious and want to really want to win NBA basketball games, I think that's why you're seeing a better product. I don't know, you know, if they're going to go on a 10 game winning streak or anything like that, but I just feel like you're going to get a better product. I think the blowouts are going to come few and far between at this point. I think you're going to see a much more competitive, much more well-run Uh, and a team that's going to come out and execute a lot better than what we've seen around here in recent memory. I mentioned this on Locked on Hornets. You remember the players poll? They do it at the beginning of each season. They have a ton of different questions, execs, players, all sorts of people within the NBA answer these questions for the public consumption. Who was the coach you most like playing for, or who was the coach you would most like to play for, and who was the coach you would least like to play for? Steve Clifford showed up on both lists. He was the only coach that was on the coach I'd most like to play for and least. To me, that means he's a demanding dude. That means he's real, and he's going to tell you if you're great and what you're doing well. If you aren't doing great, he's going to tell you what you need to fix, and you might respond well to that. People respond to the truth in different ways, and I think we see that in that poll. We see that here with the Charlotte Hornets players. I don't know how well they were responding to it earlier because the play wasn't very good. But when they hop on the mic, Wes, they respond pretty well then. And they're telling you they liked being coached hard, and Steve Clifford is doing that, and that just might give him another shot next year to remain the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets. It's Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We have plenty more to get to here on Wes and Walker, including, hey, who are the Super Bowl players on Carolina's roster right now? Who do the Panthers have that could possibly win them a Super Bowl down the line? We'll get to it. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Fellas, grab your lady and give her a hug. Tell her how much you love her. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7, on your Valentine's Day. How was that, Walker? Was that... uh 
Oh, it was excellent, baby. Go ahead and just fall <laughs> out to the Al Green. That Al Green. Just give a hug and say, baby, I love you. Just put down put down the pot of hot water. Don't do don't do nothing like that. Just yeah, go ahead no. and just listen to the music. Yeah, baby, That's why don't you get them hot grits out of there for <laughs> no, a girl? No, ain't do nothing that no, bad, no, did I? Don't do anything like no, no. Just listen to the music in the vibe. Let's just relax and talk about the Carolina Panthers. Why don't we just do that? Uh, we're not going to be able to stop doing that voice all show long. Like, I'm, I apologize. It might get old, but I'm sorry. One day of the year, we're going to have to give you that voice. Keep the text coming on the DraftKings text line, 704-570-9610. Did I say something wrong? FanDuel. FanDuel. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Is that the second time? I said DraftKings the first time. It's FanDuel. It's FanDuel. Look, uh, this, well, there, there's clearly one that's better. And it's FanDuel, okay? Okay, my Go to bad. the FanDuel text line in Sorry Texas about that, FanDuel. because we love FanDuel. All right, so talking about the Carolina Panthers and, you know, we're putting the finishing touches on the season. Uh, the Super Bowl was just played on Sunday. We all know that. And so looking at this Carolina Panthers roster, and you ask yourself, how many Super Bowl players do the Panthers have on this roster as it's currently constructed? And so one guy, you know, we, we, we remember the Pro Bowl games a couple of weeks ago, and there was a lot of love that was shown to Derrick Brown from his peers. And I think that's one of the best ways you can gauge just how great a player is. And you had uh, Tristan Wirth talking about him. Laramie Tunsil uh, was talking about Derrick Brown, Quentin Nelson, uh, all these guys, Ryan Kelly. I mean, he had some big praise coming from his peers. Uh, Quentin Nelson said he's just like a big, strong dude, and he's got good quickness and then good moves. Uh, he also said he's got a lot of ways where he can win, and the scary part is like he's still getting better. He's still a young guy uh, in this league. And then Ryan Kelly, his teammate, talked about his combination of strength and quickness and his motor, and that's the big thing you want to hear about a big fella, man. If you hear somebody compliment your motor, then that's something that you definitely can hang your hat on and a guy that you can trust. And so, you know, he had 103 tackles. That is a legendary record-setting season. He bypassed the previous record of 98 tackles by a defensive lineman set by Christian Wilkins in 2022. And we know uh, what he represents. And so uh, Laramie Tunsil said that that was impressive. He never thought that he'd see it. And that's, that's the type of player that he is to go out and set a record like that. So I think it's safe to say uh, that Derrick Brown is certainly a Super Bowl caliber player, a building block for this defense. And I think he's muddied the waters as far as who is the Carolina Panthers' most valuable player and best player on defense because there is uh, a difference. But with the season that he has, I think he certainly asserted himself this season. I think so, too. I think I think we even got to a place where Derrick Brown was pretty clearly the best defensive player on this team this year. And I think we would all go with Brian Burns before. Brian Burns was the guy that we were all waiting to become. Crazy first-round draft pick, double-digit sacks every single season. And we didn't get that. We then did get it two years ago, reverted back to uh, still really promising, flirting with 10 sacks, but didn't get it. And here's Derek Brown just setting records for most tackles by defensive tackle that we've ever seen. And by the way, he's a run stuffer. And for you to have, for you to post that many for a big old guy like that, who's really not supposed to be on the field as much as he was. And so, yeah, part of this, it's fair to say, maybe the tackles are a tiny bit inflated because he's playing more than your typical defensive tackle. But you have to throw that argument out too, 
because the dude is producing when he's out there. And this is the other thing I love about Derek Brown. Here we have Tristan Worf saying he's an absolute force of nature. Wes, I can't help but go back to some of the other best guards that we've seen who had to block Derek Brown. And we go back to Zach Martin, and Zach Martin's getting thrown on the ground. Zach Martin might go to the Hall of Fame. There's no might. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Fair. Zach Martin's going to the Hall of Fame. Derek Brown's tossing him aside multiple times like a rag doll. Let's go to Chris Lindstrom. At the beginning of the season, Chris Lindstrom had a 16.7 pass block grade against that man. 16.7. Chris Lindstrom is also one of the best guards in the NFL. And Derek Brown just destroyed him. And we saw it on a couple of plays. Especially, that that grade is terrible. That's Chandler Zavala territory. <laughs> and then you're just treating these best guards in the league like they're nothing. Robert Hunt is a name that's interesting for me to bring up because he's one of the guys that Carolina should be looking for in free agency to possibly sign him to protect Bryce Young and be a nice player in the interior. What did he do against Carolina? Had one of the worst run blocking grades that he had all season long at 55.4. Like, Derek Brown just makes your best guard lose every once in a while. And that's not something that they're used to unless you play that force of nature on the other side. Well, not only that, too, man. One thing I think that's been lost in all this as well is that, you know, he also had to play a different position this year, being a defensive end and a 34 defense. And that's completely different. When Christian Wilkins broke this record, he was a three technique and a four three front. But with Derek Brown, you know, you're taking on roughly two blockers every play. There's no question uh, about that and that type of defense because your main job, especially on passing downs, is to occupy those blockers so your outside linebacker can come out there or your edge, whatever you want to classify them as, and so that they can come out there and do their thing, but also, too, you know, routinely beating double teams on blocks. And so that was another uh, part of his game that I thought that people really needed to pay attention to is that going to that new scheme presented different challenges. And he finished the NFL's top guy when you talk about defensive tackle, run, stop, win rate. He was double teamed 35% of the time because that's what you sign up for when you play a 3-4 defensive end. So for him to get 103 tackles, I mean, that already just jumps off the page in any defense that you play because you expect your defensive lineman. I mean, you may expect your your highest, your most productive guy on a defensive line to maybe check in with 60, 70 tackles. That's a hell of a year. But to get 100 and then you play, you know, on the interior or a guy that's playing in a spot where you're getting the guard and the tackle pretty much most most plays, uh, I think it was a phenomenal season by him. And I think, you know, he's put himself in a position with the Panthers to where, and and also, too, might I throw in, you know, 58% double teams on the pass rush win rate side because of the scheme that he's in and because of who he is. And so he still finishes 20th in the tackle pass rush win rate. I think, to me, he got those dollars up uh, this offseason, too, and it's going to be interesting to see where he comes in at as far as on the, the, the pay scale for defensive tackles. But are there any other guys that we would consider Super Bowl players? Like if I was to point to uh, a couple of players that I feel could be players on uh, Super Bowl caliber squads, Xavier Woods, I point to him. He finished top 12 in his position. Uh, I liked him all season long. All the guy did was make plays. Frankie Louvu, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of the coverage. 
But uh, other than that, everything else that he brings to the team, uh, I would say so. Derek Burns, I think. I mean, uh, Derek. I mean, um, Brian Burns. And then I would say J.C. Horn went healthy. I think he's a Super Bowl player as well. And I, and I throw Thielen in the mix. What guys do you see? Did I did I miss somebody? Well, no. D- defensively, yeah, you you pretty much named all the other guys. I think Xavier Woods is also there too. If you want to hold on to him, yeah. And Xavier Woods, a good guy that I trust on the back end. If you're looking at some of these other players. You know, I, I'm trying to figure out what they're going to do with Shaq Thompson. Yeah. Is Shaq Thompson going to be on the team? We thought that he might be gone coming into this year. Would you consider your guy Taylor Moan? I think he's an offensive lineman oh, that you can yeah. win with. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. He's, he's, I think he's one of the best right tackles in the game. And so I'm going to go, especially pass blocking. Run blocking, he's good. He's not great. At pass blocking, he's very, very good. It's just think about Taylor Moten alongside an offensive line that isn't towards the bottom. I, you got to rely on him so much, and that's why everybody tries to mess with, okay, maybe we put him on the left side because he's so good on the right. Let's put him on the left, but it doesn't really work like that. So, yeah, Taylor Moten clearly is. Offensively, it's a lot harder to find those guys. We're hoping Bryce Young can come become that. I think Taylor Moten for sure is. Adam Thielen as a second or third, I think can be. But by the time this team is looking for a Super Bowl, Wes, he might not be. Yeah. The, the age is just working against him. All right. Well, when we come back on the Wesson Walker show, the moments you guys have all been waiting for, something happened up there in Syracuse, New York last night. If you listen closely, you could hear something crumbling. We're going to talk about oh, no. what that is when we return on the Wesson Walker show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.